Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Take and read. Take and read. Those three simple words precipitated the conversion of perhaps the greatest teacher of the church in the West since St. Paul, the guy St. Augustine, Augustine of Hippo. And the story goes that Augustine of Hippo had been wrestling with the idea of faith and trust in Christ for months, even years. And one day he sits down to pray, tears in his eyes, and asks, How long, O Lord? How long till I'm able to believe? He wanted to believe. He was on the path to believe, but it's like he wasn't there yet. He was sitting in a garden, in a courtyard, not unlike our, our courtyard here at Trinity. And after that prayer suddenly he hears a sing-song voice of, of a little child. He looks around, he, he can't see the child anywhere, but he just hears the little voice saying this, Take and read, take and read, take and read. He manages to track down a Bible because the first thing in his mind when he hears take and read is pick up a Bible. He finds a Bible, opens it up, and does one of those what we call nowadays Bible roulette, right? He just opens it, it flops open, it happens to open to Romans 13. God used this particular word of Christ, which says, let the, uh, be clothed with Christ Jesus. He reads that word, he hears that, and boom, all of a sudden, faith is awakened in him. He trusts in the Lord, and frankly, the church has never been the same since then. Take and read. Bottom line, take and heed. This word has power. It has power to transform you, to awaken faith, to make you more and more like our Savior. And that's why Paul in our epistle lesson that we heard from Colossians says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It's why Jesus said in our gospel, abide in me and let my words abide in you, dwell in you, because these words of our Lord have power to transform you and me, to make us more and more like Jesus. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. But how do you do that? What, is it, what does it mean for his word to dwell in us richly? How do we go about it? There's more than one way to answer that question. But one way that Christians through the ages have practiced this dwelling richly of the word is a practice called Lectio Divina, which gets translated sometimes as spiritual reading. And what is Lectio Divina? What is this spiritual reading? It's a way to encounter God through prayerful reflection on Holy Scripture. That's it. It's a way to encounter God through prayerful reflection on and reception of Holy Scripture. It's a simple process and practice that Christians through the ages have used in order to help the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. So this morning, with that as our focus, I want to walk you through step by step this process of Lectio Divina, this ancient practice as we're kicking off Christian Education Sunday, preparing to be dunked and needing to pray to the Lord. And also starting up our, our Dwell Richly initiative. I want to walk through these steps so that that word might dwell richly within you and me. And that we might be transformed by it. Okay, so you ready? 
Four steps to Lectio Divina. And the first step is simply Lectio, reading, which is kind of a no-brainer, right? If you're going to encounter God through his word, you need to start by reading his word. That has to be the first piece. But there is a deeper significance to this, to reading there. And that deeper significance is this. Our God is a God of conversation. He's a speaking God. In the beginning, at creation, he calls forth all things into being through his strong word. And his word takes the initiative. Before there's any speaking or listening or thinking on our part, God makes the first move. And he makes the first move still today as he speaks to you and me through his word. That's why it starts with lectio, with reading, opening up the Bible and actually digging in getting into it. So what, is, what does that mean for us then as we are reflecting and ruminating on God's word in this Lectio Divina? Well, I think for one thing, we might think of this Lectio not just as reading in a book, but it could also be for some of you, audio Bible. Show of hands, how many of you ever use an audio Bible or listen to the scriptures? Okay, a number of you do. I encourage you to do this. I think it's one way to put into practice what we heard in Deuteronomy 6 where you get this picture of the word of God is accompanying you everywhere. It's on your heart. It's on your mind. It's in your ears. So if you use an audio Bible, then while you're driving, while you're running, when you're taking the kids to school in the morning, it can be a way in which the word of God continues to suffuse your everyday existence. But that lectio can also be audio, right? But also, if you do want to read the scriptures, which most of us do, if you're opening it up, I encourage you with this Lectio to actually engage with the Bible. Now, I know for some, of us, for some of us in our piety, we think, well, I shouldn't write in the Bible. It's God's holy word. It doesn't seem appropriate for me to underline or to highlight or anything like that. Here I am today as pastor, right, as a called and ordained servant of the word to give you permission to write in your Bible. It's okay. It really is. Doodle. Jot. Draw. We're so fortunate to have with us Pat Myers, part of our congregation. Pat has shown us a visual faith, a way of, of using not only our ears, but also our eyes to picture the truths of Scripture. And you know, if you don't have a Bible that facilitates this, even in our book nook, we've got journaling Bibles, places where you can be writing down prayers, notes to yourself, even drawing, even doodling, all of these things. But the, the takeaway there is to engage with the Scripture. This Lectio step of Lectio Divina means that you don't just passively read it, but you actively engage with the Word of God. All right, so that's how Lectio starts. You read and you mark, as we said in the prayer. But then the next step is Meditatio. Let me hear you say Meditatio. Meditatio. Getting a little Latin lesson today too, right? Meditatio is, of course, meditation. And meditation is the step in which we not only read and mark and learn, but also inwardly digest God's word. I've always loved that prayer and that image that we are inwardly digesting God's word. The prophet Ezekiel and the apostle John, both of them were called at different times in the Bible to eat God's word. We heard it just last week. Jeremiah also, I, I ate God's word and it was a delight to my stomach, to my heart, to my soul. And so in Meditatio, we're not just reading God's word, we're chewing on it. We also read a moment ago from Psalm 1, our intro from Psalm 1, which says that the law of God, on his law, 
He meditates day and night. And the word for meditate there is one of my favorite Hebrew words. Can we do some Hebrew along with some Latin? It's very multilingual today. The Hebrew word is hagah. We'll say hagah. And with Hagah, it's to, to ruminate, to dwell upon. Hagah is used elsewhere in the scriptures to describe a, cha- a cow chewing its cud. Can you picture that? And what's the, the fancy name for cows? They're, they're ruminants, right? They're ruminating on it. The same word, Hagah, is also used to describe the sound that a lion makes over its prey. Right? It gets that gazelle down, and then it's, that's not good. It's a dog growling over its prey. I don't know how a lion sounds, but it hagas, whatever it does. This is what it's like for us to haga God's word, to meditate upon it. You're not just gulping down a big gulp. You're, you're sucking on a lozenge, right? You're drawing it in. You're taking your time, letting it fill your heart and mind and strength. Or you might think of it this way. In meditatio, you're probing the word. You're probing the word, both in the sense that you're exploring it. And one practice, I don't do this very much, but other people have told me that one way that they probe the word is they imaginatively enter into the world of the scriptures. In their imagination, they, they picture themselves following Jesus around or, or listening to the prophets. That's one way to, to probe his word could also be through looking at the different cross-references and seeing all the ways that Scripture interprets Scripture. But we also probe God's Word by kind of interrogating it, asking questions. Again, it's okay to ask questions, to wonder, what does this mean? Why did God put it this way? What is Jesus saying here? What was this all about? We probe His Word also by asking questions. But when it comes to this meditatio, all of this pondering is based on the promise. The promise that this scripture, this word, is not just some dead word on a page, but it is living, it is active, and God speaks to you and me personally in it and through it. So that when we read Holy Scripture, we read expectantly. You open up the Bible and you expect, God, what do you have for me here? How are you addressing me? What's the word that you have for me? And so, Lectio Divina moves from that Lectio, the reading of it, to the Meditatio, the meditating on it, inwardly digesting it, to third, Oratio. Let me hear you say, Oratio. And Oratio is the step of praying. So, first of all, God speaks to us. He makes the first move. He takes the initiative. He speaks to us through his word. And then in prayer, we continue that holy conversation. And what we have received from God's word, we return to him in prayer. Does that make sense? It's this back and forth, this conversation between the two of us. And why is that so essential? Well, an image was used by the spiritual writer Julian Green that I think captures this. He's calling back to a famous story from the Old Testament. He says, the story of the manna gathered and set aside by the Hebrews is deeply significant It so happened that the manna rotted when it was kept. You remember that? Bread worms and stank. And perhaps this also suggests spiritually that all reading of God's word, which is not consumed by prayer, ends by causing a sort of rotting inside of us. 
you die with a head full of fine sayings and a perfectly empty heart. Now, those are hard words, I think, maybe a little harder than they needed to be. But his point is still well taken. That if we're merely reading God's word for information, just knowing a bunch of stuff, but never allowing it to be taken to heart and returned to him in prayer, it's like that manna of the Israelites. It's just stacking up. God wants us to consume that word and to return it back to him in that holy conversation of prayer, continuing to, to talk to him. And when it comes to the actual praying, there's all different ways that people do this, but one um, really common way among Christians uses the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, ACTS. Any of you heard of this before? Okay, so the, and the ACTS, this is a whole other sermon, but just briefly, ACTS is Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. It's a good framework for this praying, this returning to God, his word that he has spoken to us. We respond to him. That's just one way to do it. But another way that's so important and that our Colossians reading hits on too is in singing, in praising God with music. There's that old saying that he who sings prays twice. Can I get an amen from Connie? <laughs> He who sings prays twice. And so we're also praying to God as we sing to him, allowing those words to come into our, into our hearts, into our souls. It's another way that they dwell richly within us. Okay, so I promised four steps of Lectio Divina. We've gone through three of them so far. Lectio, Meditatio, Oratio, and then a fourth one. And this fourth one's a little bit controversial. And the reason it's controversial is because of that old rabble-rouser, Martin Luther. See, in the Middle Ages, in the medieval practice, the last step to this Lectio Divina was contemplatio, contemplation. And the idea was that it all culminated in this kind of mystical, ecstatic experience of being in God's presence. And Luther would say, that's cool. I'm all for your mystical experiences. That, that's nice when they come, but that especially spoke to the monks. Luther said, no, the culmination of God's word dwelling richly within you is not just some individualistic, mystical experience with God. No, the culmination, he said, was tentatio. Let me hear you say tentatio. <laughs> and for tenetti, I especially love tentatio. <laughs> A lot of T's, plenty of consonants in there. Thank you, Pat. We'll take that for 500. Anyway, uh, tentatio can be translated as testing or trying. And Luther would say that the, the culmination of our prayerful reflection of God's word is that now you and I take it into the neighborhood. Now you take that word with you out into your vocation, out into your everyday life. That everyday life is the proving ground of God's word at work in your heart and mind, see? And so, in a sense, as we go out into our everyday lives, we are testing God's word. Psalm 119 says, your promise is well tried, and your servant loves it. We're trying it out, right? We're taking it for a test drive. But the reverse is also true, and Luther was, was fond of pointing this out. That if you're going to seek to live by the word of God, not only are you testing that word, but you are going to be tested. You're going to be tested by your sinful nature. You're going to be tested by the world. You're going to be tested by the devil. 
And so this tentatio, this testing of the word is not only you and me testing it out, but also us being tested because of it. And because we do, because we are tested and tried as we carry that word into the neighborhood, we need to go back to it again and again. See, Lectio Divina, the spiritual reading, is not just a, a linear progression. It's not just a one and done sort of thing. It's recursive. It's circular. It's every single day, every day, we're reading God's word, meditating upon it, praying, and then taking out into the neighborhood day by day. And not only that, but as you and I are tested and tried, we know that we need to go back to the word. And we need that we need that we need to go back to the community of Christ to the church, that we can't just carry out this life of faith as lone rangers, but we need to do it in fellowship with our brothers and sisters in faith. You need one another. You need to, to dwell on that word richly together. And that's really the, the last piece, what I hope is the, the upshot of this dwell richly initiative. When Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, he says it as a Texan, right? You know how my friends the Texans say it. They say, let the word of Christ dwell in y'all richly. See, It's a plural. It's not a singular. When he says that, let the word of Christ dwell among you, dwell in y'all richly. To dwell, to let the word of Christ dwell in us is not just an individual endeavor. It's a corporate commitment. It's all of us together as the body of Christ abiding in his word and having his word abide in us. So it's been from the body of Christ, from you all, that I was inspired to, to launch this Dwell Richly initiative. I know for many of you, reading the scripture is already a daily practice, and I'm not asking for this to supplant that, but perhaps you might consider on top of it as well, adding this extra chapter a day. But for others of you who feel like, gosh, reading the Bible, like, Pastor, isn't that why we pay you? You're like the professional Bible reader for all of us. <laughs> It is God's word. There could be nothing more Lutheran than recognizing the Bible is the church's book. It belongs to each and every one of us. And so I hope that you'll take this small, modest commitment to participate in the Dwell Richly Initiative over the next few months, to take this simple step. But when you do, when you do, you take and read, but also take and heed and watch out, because this word has power to transform you, and it will. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to confess our faith.